This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert takes us verse by verse through the book of First Peter. Jesus is referred to as the living cornerstone of the living temple of God, the place of God's presence on the earth. And we who love him are that temple. You and I are now the temple, the place of his presence, living stones indwelt by his Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. If you have been born again into the family of God, you have the Holy Spirit of God living within you. You are the temple of the living God. Pastor Robert will be encouraging us to make the Lord feel at home in our bodies and in our minds. If Jesus were physically coming over to your house for dinner, what would you change and clean up? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. But first, here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, with today's message. Back in 1 Peter chapter 2, today our focus is going to be verses 4 through 10. And this passage of scripture is impossible to fully understand without first understanding a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the Hebrew scriptures. But with that little bit of background understanding, it will quickly become clear what the Bible is saying and how it applies to you and me. So let me try to do that. Just give you a, lay a little backdrop here. You know, when, when God brought his people out of captivity in Egypt, many of you know the story, you remember the story, you know, God sent Moses to them and, and um, the people of Israel had been in, in bondage for several hundred years in, in Egypt. And so now he, he brought them out and he parted the Red Sea and he brings them out. Well, he, he gave them some very specific instructions about putting together what he called a, a tent of meeting, a, a tabernacle. And he gave them instructions regarding the construction of it, the, the things that were to go into it, you know, the, the materials they were supposed to use, the dimensions, how they were supposed to do it, you know, every, all of the different, the furniture, all of the things that were supposed to, to go inside this tabernacle. And um, each and every part, you know, even the recipe for the incense, they were to burn inside the tabernacle every day. And later he allowed King Solomon to build a more permanent temple following the same pattern and, and just enlarging it, you know, a permanent building, permanent structure. In, in the first uh, book of First Kings, he promised King Solomon that if the people of Israel would obey him, that his presence would fill that temple and would remain there in that temple among them. But they did not obey him. 
And that first temple was later destroyed by the Babylonians when they conquered Israel. Now, just before the birth of Christ, just before the time of the Lord Jesus, King Herod rebuilt it so that we had the second temple. You'll hear that reference sometimes, the second temple. But that temple, too, was destroyed in 70 A.D. By that time, you know, the Romans were ruling the world and and the, the Israelites rose up in rebellion and when they... When the Romans put down that rebellion, they, they pretty much destroyed the city of Jerusalem. And they, they did, uh, fulfilling the prophecy of the Lord Jesus, they, they utterly destroyed that second temple. And the Bible says that one day a third temple is going to be rebuilt there in Jerusalem. The sacrificial system, the sacrifices will begin again and will continue up until the time when the final Antichrist puts an end to them. And defiles the temple by by going in and sitting inside the holiest place in the temple and demanding to be worshiped as God. But the Bible teaches us also in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that we who have been redeemed, bought back by the blood of the Lord Jesus, now serve as living temples with the presence of God's Holy Spirit living inside our own bodies. And that's the context behind what we read here in 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 4 says, Coming to him, the Lord Jesus, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Now, here in 1 Peter chapter 2, the the New Testament quotes three Old Testament passages, Isaiah chapter 28, Psalm 118, and Isaiah chapter 8, linking each one of them to the Lord Jesus and to us. Jesus is referred to as the living cornerstone of the living temple of God, the place of God's presence on the earth. And we who love him are that temple. You and I are now the temple, the place of his presence, living stones indwelt by his Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2.19 says, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. 
First Peter points out that we who were not a people are now the people of God. What does he mean by that? Well, I mean, look around. Look around. We were not a single people. We, we're, all, we're from all over the place, right? Now, Ephesians says the same thing in another way. We who, like right now, probably in this room, there are 25 or 30 different nationalities represented. And I don't mean just in terms of heritage. I'm talking about, you know, like where you came from, where you were born or where your parents were born. There's probably 25 to 30 different countries. We were not a single people, but now we are the people of God. We who were not a nation, we've been brought together. He's, he's done something unique, done something wonderful. We're one family. And he says we're being built together into one living temple. You and I carry the divine presence of Almighty God with us wherever we go in this world. Do you realize what that means? It implies a huge responsibility and also great authority. You and I are the place of God's presence in our world, in our workplace, in your building, in your neighborhood. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13, it says that as the priests were consecrating Solomon's temple, they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and they praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. It says, as they were doing it, the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Can you imagine that? How many of you have ever been in like, a, like such a thick fog bank or, or, or you know, maybe up in, you, you're up in such a high altitude that you go up into the clouds, you know, and you, you ever been there? You, you know what I'm talking about? But now imagine it's actually the presence of God. It's the, the glory of God so incredibly thick and intense that you almost can't breathe. You have to stop what you're doing. That's what happened. And in chapter 7, God promised Solomon that his, his presence would remain there as long as they obeyed him. Sometimes we seem to think that obedience no longer matters to God. Because we're under his grace now, we can do whatever we want. You know, we can kind of do as we please and he'll bless us. And so Christians go around binding this and declaring that. And because they're living more for their own desires than for his glory, they're not walking in his divine authority. so much for joining us today. You know, God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He is doing, and we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's Word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. 
Your support will open up more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click the donate button. Now, here's Tracy with more information about the Main Thing Radio podcast. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.